Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You all have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. For episode 112, today is Thursday, October the 12th, year of our Lord, 2023. Straight back into the madness, I'm not going to do any housekeeping. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more fiery, a little bit more passionate. We may offend some people. We may burn some bridges. But that's okay. We're living in times where that may, in fact, be the only way to to come through all this chaos, to be able to have a future with some clarity. I saw this morning that the head of Hamas, one of the leaders of Hamas, has called for a global attack on the Jews tomorrow, October the 13th. These people have no honor. They have no sacred honor. And there is no narrative, there is no history that you can refer me to about the conflict between Israel and Palestine or the Western world and the Muslim or Arab world or or Europe and the Middle East or America and the Middle East that would excuse indiscriminate attacks on Jews all around the world. It's a despicable idea. It's a despicable thing to even say. There's nothing godly or holy about it. It is the the modus operandi of cowards. And there is no amount of prayer. There is no amount of worship. There is no amount of, 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 of regalia that one could wear to signal their reverence for a faith, a particular faith practice or tradition that can make me cosign such a depraved, debauched way of thinking. It just can't be done. There are wars. There are righteous and divine wars. There are holy wars. There are wars worth fighting. There is tyranny. There is oppression. There is the rightful time and the rightful, the rightful cause to, to rebel against tyrannical forces. But when an individual or a group of people fail to coordinate that rebellion, to to execute that rebellion without sacred honor, they become morally and spiritually culpable. And so I ask everybody around the world, the many the many Jewish friends and family that I have, the many Muslim friends and family that I have that you consider the moral culpability of the road we now see in front of us. Because God will judge. God can judge, God should judge, and God will judge. God will judge us in these moments. And I think some of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen illustrated by by our human species is when a man has every Every reason to be angry, 
every reason to be resentful, every reason to be vengeful, every reason to exact his revenge. And in that moment, in that moment, he chooses better. He chooses a, 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 a higher calling. He chooses a, a higher idea for himself, for his own spirit. out of the knowledge of himself, out of the knowledge of himself and his duty um, to his own morality, to his own sacred honor. There's nothing more beautiful than that. And there's nothing more sad than, than people killed, uh, innocent people killed in the name of, of, of anything. It doesn't matter what name you put on it. It doesn't matter what you fight in the interest for. So obviously we here at Free People Radio condemn Hamas's call for a global attack on, on Jews uh, or, or um, that the, the Muslims there in the Middle East would strike Israel. And what it makes me, what it reminds me of, and you know, that, that may seem like a weird way to start the podcast given that eventually I'm going to talk about Ben Shapiro. And there's a reason why the title of the podcast today is Ben Shapiro, because I want to have a very, very serious talk with Ben Shapiro and a, a bunch of others um, like him, not of the Jewish heritage or, or Jewish identity, but of the neoconservative identity, which spans a good number of people, irregardless of race, faith, gender, etc. But it's important to start off with that. And it's important to know that we are faced with, you know, I, I'm, I'm reminded right now when I, when I hear, when I see that a Hamas leader would publicly call for, for such an act of violence, number one, I think, how can I verify and confirm? And then I see a video of him actually saying it out of his own mouth, and I think, I hope I can even confirm video in the near future. But for now... Settled. He called for violence. It's not the first time they claim responsibility for the attack. It's not the first time. It's not the first time America has experienced terrorism. And it's not the first time that America has, has um, armed up in retaliation to a war on terror. And what I'm reminded first and foremost in that, in, in witnessing that, that call for violence is this idea of opposition and control of the opposition. And many of us view opposition, in, in, in America, many of us view our opposition as our political counterparts, our, our political opponent. Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, right wing, left wing, so on and so forth. But I'm here to offer a different perspective, one that I operate from this chair, one that I operate from in my ambition to be an elected official, to represent the common interest of the American people. I'm going to give you a perspective that, that I use when dealing with politics and policy and, and, and culture and world issues. I'm going to give you a different spectrum a different prism to see these, these hypercharged political times. 
There is controlled opposition on both sides of the spectrum. There is controlled opposition on both sides of the aisle. The true opposition is the corrupt center. The corrupt, sten- the corrupt center, the centrists who preserve a corrupt status quo. The centrists who preserve the corrupt status quo are the true opposition of freedom, and they're the true opposition of we the people. They so often, they so often dress themselves up and portray their unity as an attempt to make a better circumstance for American citizens, to elevate the prosperity and well-being of American citizens, and thus people seeking that that American dream or that American way of life or that American that American idea of freedom and opportunity all around the world. They are what we know very well in this audience and hopefully increasingly all around the world as the Uniparty, our D.C. Uniparty. The centrists, the purveyors of a corrupt status quo, they are the true opposition. And as far as you want to go on the right, as far as you want to go on the left, There is controlled opposition in both directions. And here I am stuck in the middle with you. Liars to the left of me, liars to the right of me. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. And we have to sort these people out. We are going to be forced to sort these people out. And if, and if, if you, if you needed, if you've needed some type of proof or evidence or or reassurance along this this downward trajectory into tyranny at the hands of the uniparty, the managed decline, and now the, the, the free fall, the bottom falling out of the bottom of our American society. If you needed reassurance or evidence of its existence, of its agenda, You're starting to get it now, aren't you? For the love of God, I hope you're starting to see it now, once and for all. And if you can't see it now, I don't know that you ever will, and I don't know that I necessarily need you to. And I don't don't know that we, the people, necessarily need you to. If you can't see the impulse of the Uniparty and the purveyors of the corrupt status quo now, in this day, on this day, in this moment? Well, I'm going to make one final pitch. And yes, I'll continue to talk about it until the cows come home. But my optimism that you could understand it after I tell you in flat-out terms and in basic evidential terms what you're looking at, when when I say uniparty, when I say a corrupt center that preserves, preserves the status quo, then I lose hope that you have any opportunity or any chance of understanding what I'm talking about. And when you see Bernie Sanders, a Bernie Sanders and a Scalise, or Bernie Sanders and a Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell, or pick somebody, when you see the far end of the Democrat platform and the far end of the Republican platform come come together in unanimous agreement, You have to start to ask yourself, what is going on here? What is this about? On any other day, 
On any other day, the disagreement between these people is so profound that we are on the brink of a government shutdown. And you know what? I wouldn't mind a government shutdown in order for us to get our government in order. Sometimes things need to be shut down in order to get them in order. Sometimes things need to be shut down for them to find some level of order. But per the narrative, on any given day, these two political factions are so ideologically opposed that the government is always on the brink of shutting down, truth be told. But yet, when it comes time to arm up and march back into the Middle East for another war that there is no evidence we can win, they seem to be in total agreement. And they want to tell you it's about the Jews. They want to tell you this is about the Jews or Israel. And I reject that. It's an insult. It's an insult to myself as a Christian. It's an insult to myself as somebody who has many Jewish friends and family members and loved ones. It's an insult to anybody of the Abrahamic faith. Anybody who, uh, anybody who observes Mosaic law. Anybody who believes in the one true living God. It's offensive. It's an insult. That you would parade the Jewish people and the Jewish identity in the, in the state of Israel as the reason for this march, this war march. This isn't about the Jews and it isn't about Israel. This is about war and the profitability of war and the ability to use the Jews and Israel as a perpetual and revolving door, a revolving justification for war. This is about feeding the machine. This is about feeding the machine. This is about finding a grounds to be unified on, even if that grounds is immoral. And in this way, we, fall our, we, we, we dangerously fall into a very similar camp of those that we denounce unequivocally on a moral basis. Those who would rally, to, rally together against the, the, the complete history of, of America or the West's behavior and actions on the world stage by indiscriminately attacking Jewish people. That's their rally point. They want to identify the Jews in Israel as the, as the great evil that needs to be exterminated. I call bullshit. In fact, I call bullshit on this entire Muslim Brotherhood fealty that they, that they try to promote when these types of situations break out. Their fealty isn't to Islam. Their fealty isn't to other Muslims. Their fealty isn't to God. Their fealty is to their own interests. And they've proven that time and time again on the world stage. We don't need to talk about Palestine. Let's look at the Saudis. Let's look at the Iranians. Let's look at Indonesia. Let's look at Turkey. Let's look at some of these Muslim countries. Yeah, they can make a, they can make a great case about oppression and, and tyranny and, and the West's, uh, you know, uh, mishandling, manipulating there in the Middle East and Africa and any other place around the world? Absolutely. And there are many of us here in America and the West that would also denounce the behavior of globalists 
who do their globalist business in the name of freedom and democracy. Yes, we would also oppose them. We would also denounce them. We would also uh, um, challenge the legitimacy of their actions. But many of your nations, your Muslim nations, have bought into that, that model, that business model more than ours have. Look at the UAE. Look at Bahrain. Look at Qatar. And I say this for a reason, and I want to, before I, before I go deeper into this, this line of thought, I want to remind people, I want to remind people out there watching, there is a common thread here with one man, one man who I don't agree with on every single issue, one man who, who I don't agree with on every single issue policy who I don't agree with on on every single choice of words or rhetoric or or message or whatever the case may be who I don't agree with on every single pick and endorsement in the political process in the election cycles who who I don't agree with with every single view about things such as vaccines or 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 you name it Donald J Trump Donald J. Trump was a source of stability, and right now, nobody wants to acknowledge that. And it's an insult to my intelligence. It's an insult to my intelligence that they will try to have me look away from the stability that Donald Trump's leadership provided on the world stage with some boogeyman story that white man bad wants to kill me, the black man. And the two narratives and the two crises of both our country and the world are not unrelated. We're getting played. We're all getting played. One benefactor, two-party narrative, two-choice fork in the road, spit out from the propaganda machine, one benefactor. Divide, conquer. We all know the game. It's up to us to decide if we want to play or not, if we want to continue to play, if we want to continue to sit at the table. Do we want to continue to roll the dice? Or at some point, do we throw the dice down and say, enough, we're done. We're done gambling with our safety. We're done gambling with our citizenship. We're done gambling with our sons and daughters. We're done gambling with our tax money. We're done gambling with the idea of peace. We're done gambling with our freedom. Donald J. Trump was a source of stability on the world stage, and they can't even bring themselves to utter the words Abraham Accords. You know why? They can't say it because it would legitimize his leadership. It would shine a positive light on his ability to broker peace. And you start to realize that the Uniparty's disgust, the Uniparty's rejection of Donald Trump isn't about white supremacy. It isn't about nationalism. It isn't about fascism. It isn't about racism. The Uniparty, the purveyors of a corrupt status quo, and their rejection of Donald Trump is based on one single Hallmark, a hallmark of his presidency, 
which was we didn't enter any new wars. He was one of the first true anti-war presidents in recent American history. And his desire not to be in a war and his desire to build the American economy reflected upon his relationships with leaders who they all say can't be controlled and contained all around the world. And that is the single greatest, single greatest positive affirmation of Donald Trump's leadership that we all can point to objectively. Objectively, we didn't go to war when he was president. Objectively, the situation between Iran and the Saudis and the entire Middle East was much more stable in many ways. Yeah, there were problems then too. I get it. But it wasn't the problem we're having right now today. Our relationship with Putin, our relationship with President Xi and the CCP, all under much more stable conditions. Who hated him? Who hated him? Who wanted him out? President Xi showed his respect. Vladimir Putin showed his respect. Kim Jong-un showed his respect. Yeah, he talked a good game. He talked slick. But, you know, when you're really from it, when you're really from, from that cloth where you understand how men operate, men operate who are powerful, who are type A leaders or, or businessmen or whatever the case may be, you understand a little bit of back and forth is, is, is not something to get bent out of shape about. So they had their back and forth. But ultimately, Kim Jong-un bent the knee because China knew that Donald Trump wasn't messing around. And it was his economic policy, which he could have been even more uh, even more strong with against the CCP, but it was that economic policy that let them know he wasn't kidding around. And from that very moment, every single one of these corrupt D.C. swamp creature, purveyors of the corrupt status quo, purveyors of a corrupt status quo, went to work to undermine him and bring him down. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight and watching this broadcast. This is Professor Penn bringing you an advertising interlude. We're promoting MyBookie.com. MyBookie.com is part of the Patriot economy, and nothing is more important than you supporting the Patriot economy. That's those businesses and business people that are supporting the freedom movement. That's what we're doing here, spreading freedom from coast to coast and from north to south. Now, next time you go to a game or next time you watch a game, Go to mybookie.com and use promo code Royce and lay down a bet. Bring a little more juice to the action. Bring a little more fun, but a little spring in your step. Promo code Royce. That's mybookie.com, supporting the patriot economy, supporting all the people and all the businesses that are supporting this freedom movement. We love it. You'll love it. I love it. I've done it. I've had a great time doing it. This is Professor Penn coming to you once again for mybookie.com promo code Royce. There'll be a little something special for you if you do it, and thank you very much. They did not, they did not find Donald Trump threatening because of his taxes or because of his personal character flaws or because of his business dealings or because of his allegiance to white supremacy or racism or fascism or, or nationalism. 
they found Donald Trump to be a threat because he was interested in the American people's overall prosperity and well-being from an economic basis, from an economic standpoint. And by the end of his presidency, it was clear that he was not interested in any more forever wars. And here we are. What can they say to me? What can they say to him? What can they say to the MAGA movement? What can they tell us? You all out there in the war room posse, you all out there in the MAGA audience all across the world, you have been found, you have been found on the right side of history. On the right side of this moment in American history, you have found yourself on the right side of it. Who's pro-war now? I'll tell you, the same people who have always been pro-war, the same people who, despite whatever they, whatever they parrot, whatever they puppet, whatever they shill or, 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 or shout about there in D.C., whatever, whatever political wedge issues they, they have a public opinion on, despite those things, when push comes to shove, you will find in the way that they voted and the way that they've leaned with their podium and the way that they've used their influence or impact to sway the narrative, you will find that they have been pro-war. And we're seeing it now. And this brings me to my topic for the day. Ben, 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 you did it again. Ben Shapiro. Have, all, have, have, have you lost your mind? Have you completely and utterly lost your mind? I mean, I know. I get it. I, I, I understand. Wars are hard to deal with. People dying is hard to deal with. I get it. I, I get it 100%. I remember this feeling the same way when, when I saw Philando Castile shot on a police, on a, uh, on a routine uh, traffic stop. I remember feeling the same way a, a, a number of times when something that you watch hits home, personally, culturally. I get it. I understand. I understand the emotional, the emotional attachment here. But have all of you people completely lost your mind? Ben Shapiro wants to, you know, wants to criticize Jason Whitlock, but by way of any of us who are, you know, ultra MAGA, he wants to criticize us for saying we want proof that we don't believe what we see with our eyes necessarily, especially when it's a world away. That we want proof that all the stories of the of the the, the violence and, and and all of the the um the viciousness coming out of this situation is actually accurate. Since when is the burden of proof to go to war not high? Since when is there not a high burden of proof, a heavy burden of proof to go to war? Since when? Yeah, you, you're, yes, absolutely, Ben. We would like proof. Before we send our sons and daughters, before we send copious amounts 
and I do mean copious amounts of tax money, of American taxpayers' tax money, into another war that we have no evidence of being able to win. Yes, we would like proof. And the proof we would like has not stopped. The, the proof that we, that we want is not the pictures that we've seen with the 40 babies, as terrible and as evil as that is. Or the videos of torture or whatever else may come out uh, of, this, of this machine. Because the war machine is on. And I already talked about white lies and black truth. And yes, they may be showing us images that are accurate. That doesn't mean they're showing us them with genuine intent for peace or, for that matter, justice, retribution, rightful retribution. Yes, we need proof. No more he say, she say. No more hearsay when it comes to sending our sons and daughters and our money to wars that we can't win. No more hearsay. We want proof. We need proof. But do we really need proof? And this is the dark, dark rabbit hole that people like Ben Shapiro and many of the neocons and neoliberals that are now coming together in this, this false sense of unity to turn on the war machine and profit from another forever war in the Middle East. This is the dark rabbit hole they don't want to go down, and it's not a coincidence. In fact, it is not only negligence, it's malicious. It's malicious in its spirit because they know full well they know full well what they're doing. Ben Shapiro is smart enough to know. The proof we need doesn't stop with the videos and pictures of what Hamas did. The proof we need doesn't stop with the link to, to Tehran and, and the Iranians. The proof we need, the proof we need rests there in Beijing. And yes, before we go into another forever war in the Middle East, we want to know why our American elites on either side of the aisle have not made it a priority to bring the hammer down on the CCP when we all know that the CCP is, is rubber stamping and backing Iran's plays. That's the proof we want. We want to know, in the end, if we go to war on a moral and righteous basis, is that, is that effort going to be futile because we, in fact, are the ones funding the CCP to fund the very enemy that we have to go die to try and defeat? Yes, we need proof, Ben. Time for the big boys to have a talk. I know you've never been in a fist fight in your life, but it's time for people who have to make rational and sane calculations about what we do next. Why would we march into Iran when we just lost a war in Afghanistan? Why would we march into Iran when we just left Iraq and Afghanistan in a disastrous, embarrassing, 
defeat. Because it's your people? But what about our people? What about our people? Why are your people more important than our people? This is a legitimate question that American citizens should rightfully ask. And don't get me wrong here. I understand that the idea of justice, the idea of freedom, the idea of of democracy, let's say, for lack of a better term, and I do say for lack of a better term because even Ben Shapiro himself would, would say on his nightly programming, we don't live in a democracy, we live in a constitutional republic, but yet we're going to now come and fight a war that we can't win for Israel in the name of democracy. You see how the Uniparty comes together and they think you're stupid? You see how they want to treat you like you're a fifth grade reading level, which many people are in America today? You see how they want to tell you I'm the enemy because I use words with too, big, too, too many syllables to try and sound smart? No, these people are smart. These people are smart. Like Ben Shapiro, you know what you're doing. You know we're walking into a war that we can't win with an enemy that is funded by the very people who are going to die for that war. Why would we go fight an enemy when we sent them the money and the weapons to fight us back. Why would we go fight another forever war in the Middle East when we just left $80 billion worth of military equipment in Afghanistan that will surely make its way to the front line in any military conflict in Iran? But even more importantly, that Iran wouldn't be able to survive without its economic contribution and, 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 and substance from the CCP in China. And we fund them every day with no equivocation. We're going to war with ourselves. We would be going to war with ourselves. Who benefits? Who benefits? And, I, and out of all of the people in the conservative media, there's a reason they all don't like Steve Bannon, or even more, more accurately, there's a reason they fear Steve Bannon. And there's, there's also a reason why they come together in, in that false sense of unity, again, to try and denounce Steve Bannon and make him seem like the crazy one. Because they're afraid of him. They're afraid of him because they know he knows what's going on, and, and more importantly, they know he knows how to convey it to the audience. You out there, the deplorables, the working class, the common American citizen, who without your consent, none of this would be possible. Before, they didn't want to tell it to you. Before, they wanted to keep it a secret. Before, they wanted to talk down to you and tell you that elitists with high levels of education and credentials had it. They had it under control. They had it figured out. Donald Trump's presidency put you in the room, gave you a seat at the table. Now you get a say. And being along with the, re uh, uh, being along with the rest of the neocons, 
and, and the rhinos and this, this sort of conservatism for TV. They want to march your sons and daughters into a war in Iran knowing full well that the political elites in this country on both sides of the aisle have already conceded the ground to a China-centric future, which directly funds Iran, which directly is allied with Iran and Russia for that matter. And the same argument that I'm making about Iran is the same argument that I want to make about the Ukraine and Russia. Why are we going to fund, why are we going to fight a war in a place that's aligned with our greatest economic trade partner? Or one of our greatest economic trade partners? Why do we want to go fight a war with ourselves? Cut the money off. Follow the money. And now I know Ben has been very critical of China. I know Ben is not slow to talk about the, 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 the impact or the influence or the dangers of the CCP. But now when it's time to, to march into a war for Israel in the Middle East, now we're all supposed to look away from the broader global political implications of China's relationship with Iran and, and more importantly, China's relationship with our own elites here in America. Is it conceivable that we should let our elites here in America march us into a war with an enemy that we actually funded? And we did fund them. Not only did we give $6 billion to Iran recently, not only did we give $6 billion to Iran recently, but China's been the juice behind Iran for a long time. The China-Russia-Iran alliance is stronger than ever. But let Anthony Blinken tell you, NATO's only gotten stronger since the war began with Russia and Ukraine. NATO has never been, NATO has never been stronger. NATO has never been stronger. Why isn't the war over? Why has this occasion of conflict, being the Ukraine and Russia, the first domino to drop, now sparked a, another, another ambitious sort of attack from more enemies around the world? If we're stronger than ever, wouldn't that reflect in people's unwillingness to attack us? Unwillingness to go to war with us? We were stronger when NATO was losing its power and Donald J. Trump Challenge the legitimacy of NATO and us funding NATO. And when a man sat in the Oval Office that all of them knew they couldn't play around with, we were stronger then. Let these people piss on your head and tell you that it's raining. Let these people piss on your head and tell you that it's champagne. We're stronger now. NATO's stronger now. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is going to tell you that we're stronger now, but we're about to go into more wars. In, 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 one, in one presidential term than we've been in in the last 20 years? Then don't forget that China's already making their plans to invade Taiwan. That whole conflict is on deck. If China takes Taiwan, you better believe North Korea is invading South Korea. 
And if that goes, who knows where Pakistan falls on the deal? Who knows where Pakistan falls on the deal? Who knows where the Saudis fall on the deal? Certainly their, their recent economic actions would seem to point to them falling on the side of the people that they're landlocked with. We're getting played. And the only thing left to figure out is, is if we're getting played because of a, a, a real radical incompetence and ignorance of our leaders or if our leaders are in on the deal. Are our American leaders in on this? Are the Western leaders in on this? Is the Marxism and, and the, and the anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-God sentiment so profound in, in geopolitical culture and in, in the elites of our, of our geopolitical uh, establishment? Is it so profound that many of the Western leaders are in on the deal to, to, to crush this nation? A reasonable question to ask, a prudent question to ask. But as it stands today, yeah, Ben, we want some proof. As a matter of fact, the, pr the proof may not be good enough. And I know that's tough to hear. It's like finding out your wife's cheating on you, right? It's tough to hear. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow. I get it. She's been cheating on you for three years, and, and, and by the way, one of them was your brother. I know. It's tough to hear. It's tougher to swallow. I get it. But it's the reality. And when reality hits home, you have to deal with reality or reality will crush you. And right now, the American people, the American economy, America's ideals, America's overall security here at home is under the threat of being crushed. It's not me saying it. They're saying the interest rates are going to go to 13%. I know some of you out there would love a universal basic income. Who do you think is going to pay your universal basic income when America is completely bankrupt? Who do you think is going to pay your universal income or your Social Security or your, or your, or, or your pension or, or whatever the case may be when America goes completely bankrupt? Do you need to go back and refer to what happened during the Great Depression? You want to go back and look at the pictures? Do you want to go back and read the literature? Do you want to go back and read the accounting of what happened to the stocks and the bonds? What happened to the currency? History repeats itself. History repeats itself. Yeah, Ben, we would like proof. We would like proof that going into the Middle East to fight against these evil, debauched people is A, a winnable fight, and B, not a fight done or an exercise done in futility. We're not going to send money to China to send money to Iran to provoke us into a war to spread our military and our resources thin so China can come and drop a bomb straight up our ass. Because if the entire Western intelligence apparatus can't execute, can't defend the most watched 
political hotspot in the entire world on one of the highest security alert days in their entire culture, I have serious doubts about our ability to uh, defend anything right now. Everybody's taking a break. Everybody has a day off. Everybody has a lot of time for their intelligence community to track nationalists, to be politicized, to execute lawfare, to spend a bunch of time and energy and resources trying to destroy Donald Trump. You liberals should be down there in in Mar-a-Lago or up in Bedminster on your knees begging Donald Trump to come back and help you people figure this out. But your pride and your ego won't let you do it. I get it. Your pride and your ego won't let you do it. You should be on your knees, Joe Biden. Right now, you should be on your knees. You should be going to, to Merrick Garland, the attorney general. You should be going to Merrick Garland. You should be calling the DOJ. You should be calling your, your crony uh, 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 Grundoons in all four of these indictments and saying, wait a second, we have a national security matter. The world is on the brink of war. And there was one man in our recent history that for some reason had some strange ability to broker a peace. I want to talk to him. I want to talk to the people who advised him. I want to know how this, I want to know how they achieved this. I want to know how they got this done and what do we do now. But your pride and your ego and your, your party politics won't let you serve the interest of the American people. I'm reminded of Lucky Luciano, who is considered the godfather or the founder of, 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 of the American mafia, Cosa Nostra, the boss of all bosses. I'm, I'm reminded that when we went to war with Italy, despite everybody knowing that Lucky Luciano was involved in illegal and uh, in, in organized crime, despite everybody knowing his involvement, they gave him a pardon and they gave him a pass to go to Italy for his help there in Italy with the war effort. Funny how far we've come. Funny how far we've come from our past, from our roots. Sad how unfortunate we find ourselves in today's society, in today's culture. They can tell you it's us. They can tell you it's MAGA. They can tell you it's America first. They can can tell you it's Donald Trump. But they're in charge, Ben. They're in charge. You just saw these people abandon our allies, our, 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 our uh, you know, State Department assets, our military equipment. You just saw them abandon it in, in, in Afghanistan. And your emotional attachment to Israel is so strong that we're all supposed to march into another war there because what? Because you and Bibi Netanyahu are best buds? Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. The American people are a little the wiser today than we were then. We're a little wiser today than we were during Desert Storm. We're a little wiser today than we were after 9-11. We're a little wiser today than we've ever been before. We're not blindly walking into any 
wars. And certainly not before we know that, that it's not an intentional, an intentional means to bankrupt this country and compromise our own security. Let's have a grown-up conversation now. Let's talk like men. Let's be serious. You seriously think that we, we're supposed to march into another military conflict in that region when we just had the most embarrassing, catastrophic exit not 18 months ago? And there's still been no accountability for that. And oh, by the way, the Ben Shapiro's and the rest of the neoconservative rhino movement that now all of a sudden is pro-war were the number one critics of Biden and the way that they left Afghanistan. Number one critics. You couldn't take the Afghanistan exit out of their mouth. You couldn't pry the Afghanistan exit away from them. It was like a, a dog on a bone. You couldn't pull it every time you pulled it. They yanked harder. Opposition, controlled opposition. White lies, black truth. When a Bernie Sanders and Ben Shapiro can come together in unanimous agreement about what we're supposed to do with our sons and daughters and our sons and, and grandsons and great-grandsons future economic prosperity, when they can come together in unanimous agreement, we should all ask questions. We should all need a, a pretty heavy burden of proof. And none of that excuses what Hamas did. None of that excuses Iran. None of that excuses the CCP. In fact, I've been saying that we should, we should uh, mobilize military action against the CCP since back in 2020 when the two million Uyghurs were in concentration camps. How many of you wanted to arm up and go to war then? Oh, then we didn't want to go to war because they were Muslim. Ah, I see what's going on here. I see what's going on here. You think our army, you think the American people, you think the American taxpayer is your bitch. That's what you think, Ben. You and BB and the rest of you neoconservative elitists, you all think that the American people, that the deplorables, that the low IQ Donald Trump supporters are your bitch. You think we're going to keep giving you our tax money and our sons and daughters to go fight every time you think it's morally, it's, it's, it's morally required. You think you're the moral compass. You think you're the moral authority. Because you think we're stupid. I know, I know. I'm just a simple, uncredentialized, off the wall, off the rails, extremist black kid who played basketball, who washed out of the NBA because I couldn't fly. Not because I called foul on the whole corporatocracy and this whole financial scam, such as what we're dealing with today where the NBA sends its money to China that makes its way to Iran and then they fund Hamas to bomb Israel and I'm supposed to send my son to go fight a war for it? Do you people think we're... St Spit on the floor, you motherfuckers make me sick. Spit on the floor, you 
motherfuckers make me sick. We're a little the wiser today, Ben. My teammate sends me a text message this morning. My teammate, who I love to death, the great TJ Klein, sends me a text message this morning that he's on his way home from Israel. He's on a plane. He's on his way home. I feel a sense of relief. It's my little brother. Love him to death. And you're going to use the, 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 emotional, the emotional attachment of people all around the world to the Jewish people and, and, and to the state of Israel and to the Jews living there in Israel or living there in Israel. Visiting there in Israel, I mean, I, my, my apologies, visiting there in Israel. You're going to use that emotional attachment to try and make immature, hasty decisions about what the American people do with their military, their sons, their daughters, and their money. Spit on the floor, you all disgust me. Because a war that you can't win, a war that you enter into that you can't win, is a war that is sure to see maximum casualty. And now we find out in the wake of this whole deal that Egyptian intelligence warned Israeli intelligence that this attack was coming three days in advance. Now, if that's true, if it's true that Egyptian intelligence, Egyptian intelligence warned Bibi Netanyahu and Israeli intelligence that this attack was coming three days in advance, and nothing was done about it, we need to know that. Yeah, we're going to need some damn proof. Free People Radio thanks you for watching and listening tonight. And this is Professor Penn here for GhostBed. That's GhostBed.com. So let me tell you why I love this product. Professor Penn has problems sleeping. That's right. I have problems sleeping, and you might too. So there is nothing more important than getting a mattress, a mattress that helps me sleep. That's why I love GhostBed.com. Go there, go to ghostbed.com, upward slash Royce, and use promo code Royce for 50% off on the whole catalog. And when I say the whole catalog, they got a lot more than mattresses. They got sheets, they got pillows. And what makes it super cool for me personally is they got super cooling technology that helps you get through the night without sweating. That's right. There's nothing worse than waking up in a pool of my own sweat. That's why I love GhostBed. Their products help me sleep through the night cool and safe and calm. So go to ghostbed.com, upward slash Royce, promo code Royce for 40% off site-wide. And thank you very much for watching. Investigate. Nothing Iran is going to do in the next couple of days is going to do. Nothing, nothing Iran is going to do in the next couple of days is going to change anything. Now. We want a full investigation. We want to know what we want to know who did what, who knew what, when. So when we do decide to act, it can be swift, it can be precise, and it can be definite. These are the ancient rules of war. These are the ancient rules of engagement when it comes to combat.
for all you uh, uh, self-loathing, uh, self-doubtful, cucked, neoliberal, neoconservative, omnisexual, globalist shills out there who pretend you have this real Machiavellian dark side mean streak to you. I know you sit at your little, you know, your little cubicle, your little, your little corner desk, you know, your little corner office in the ivory tower at your little oak desk with the secretary you're banging, sure to get a sexual assault charge in the years to come if you don't bend the knee to the corporate apparatus. To all of you out there who pretend to know anything about Machiavelli, to pretend to know anything about Machiavelli, Go read your book. Go read The Prince again. Go read it again. Revenge, retaliation should be definite, should be final, should be absolute, so that your enemy can never attack you again. We failed to do that in Vietnam. We failed to do that in Iraq. We failed to do that in Afghanistan. We're failing to do that in Russia. And now you want us to go to war with Iran? With no sure way to make the attack definite? Oh, you want us to drop a nuclear bomb on Tehran? You want us to drop a nuke on Iran? I mean, just say it. Come out and say it. Be a fucking man. If you want us to drop a couple of nukes, if you want us to, to drop a, a couple ton hydrogen bombs on Iran, just say it. Don't keep running me the pictures and the clips and the videos of the horrendous and heinous actions of these mercenaries and telling me how I should feel about it because I'm smart enough to know what your suggestion is in response. And it's just as bad, if not worse. And that may, in fact, be exactly why these nihilists who claim to be Muslims did this in the first place. This is what they want us to do. They get off on it. They get off on martyrdom. They get off on showing the world the West's brutality. The West's lack of constraint. They got off on watching George Bush get conned into rolling into Iraq and Afghanistan and being there for 20 years and getting drug out so far over our skis, we end up leaving $100 billion right there on the ground. They get off on it. We're giving them what they want. I know. I know all the kids in the room don't want to have to admit it. I know it's hard to accept. I know it's hard to confront that, that childlike nature in yourself to, to, to jump up and, 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 and finish them. Nikki fucking Haley's of the world. If you people, if you conservatives are going to follow and align yourselves with Nikki Haley, I just know you're not conservatives. I just know you're not conservatives when you, when, if, if, if I find you over there in the, in the corner huddled up in an ideological kumbaya with Nikki Haley. Are you fucking kidding me? Nikki Haley is about as ugly as ugly a manifestation of American politics as you could possibly construct. She's fucking horrifying. Somehow Ben Shapiro and Nikki Haley end up on the same side of things. Not by mistake. Let's go get Ron to sanctimonious. Let's pull Ron out uh, of, of, his, of, his, of his little 
hole that he's hiding in. That he's been hiding in since he was asked if he was going to pardon Donald Trump and he sat up there on stage and looked down at Nikki Haley for a fucking cue. Let's go pull Ron DeSantis out of his little, his little, you know, wormhole. Get Ron up there. Let's ask Ron what he thinks. Mr. Military Man, Mr. Neocon Military Industrial Complex, should we go to war in the Middle East again? Didn't he serve in the Middle East? Should we go again? Show me the action plans. I remember a couple of weeks ago when all these neocon rhinos were mad at Matt Gates for calling foul on the whole D.C., the whole corrupt D.C. political process. And they called foul on him and asked this, this, this ominous question, oh, what's the plan? I remember Ben Shapiro asking, what's the plan? What's the plan? What's the plan? Well, what's your plan now, Ben? Show me your battle plan. Show me your war strategy. Show me the path to victory there in, in, in Tehran. Be a fucking man. Say it. Say you want to drop a fucking nuke on Iran. Just go ahead and say it. Because short of that, oh, you're going to do bomb runs. Oh, now we're going to do bomb runs in Tehran. Well, how'd that go last time, Ben? Mr. Encyclopedia. How did that go for us last time? When the Blackhawks couldn't even make it to Iran, the, the Blackhawks crashed into the refueling uh, uh, you know, uh, ship, tanker. The Blackhawks couldn't even make the run to Iran. You want, are we going to talk about, let's talk for real. Ain't as easy to get to Iran and, and bomb Iran as we, as we want to make it seem, is it? Or maybe we have technology that we have, haven't yet used. huh? Maybe they all know something we don't know. Maybe they all know something we don't know. The Iranians, the Russians, the Saudis, the, the, the Qataris, the, the, the Israelis, uh, the, 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 the Europeans, uh, the, the, the American. Maybe at the highest levels of these government, they all know in our playing a game that we know nothing about. I venture to say that's probably the case. Like, for example, Egypt giving Israel a three-day warning, a three-day head start on an attack, and for some reason, the wall is completely undefended. On Jewish holiday, nonetheless. Now, many people hear this and say, hey, are you, are, you know, are, why are you defending Hamas? I'm not defending these assholes. I'm just not willing to believe that they are who you all say they are. I'm not willing to put them on the teams that you all want to present to me. Because I know better. I know that Hamas is working for the CCP, but so is Joe Biden. So who's, who's really to blame here? And am I supposed to send my son into a war? Am I supposed to send my son into a world war on the Eurasian landmass? For some type of strange kabuki political theater? Death cult that you, got, you motherfuckers got working? No, the American people are a little wiser today than they were before. And as long as I'm here, the American people are going to continue to have a voice that's a little wiser than we were before. That's willing to say things that certain people weren't before. I'll be the thorn in your side. I'm happy to be that. Yes. Let Israel fight their war. Let Israel fight their war. They have the right. They have the right 
to defend themselves. Yes, they do. Absolutely. 100% with no equivocation. They have the right to defend themselves. Three-day three head start to defend yourself seemed like a pretty good place to, 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 to begin that defense. But, hey, who am I to say? Maybe B.B. Netanyahu was facing mutiny from within his own government. Certainly, General Milley would be an example of that backstabbing Donald Trump. And don't forget that the woke left there in Israel has been wanting B.B.'s ass for a long time. And that's not a defense of B.B. I'm just giving you the way things really are going down now. Double cross, triple cross, quadruple cross. Oh, we're off into a dangerous, dangerous fog of war now. The law of uncertain outcomes. I'm not caping up for Bibi Netanyahu by any means, but I'll tell you this, I can tell, I can see, I can hear, I can hear that the left went after Bibi and they view him as a more right-wing, conservative, nationalist, nationalist leader there in Israel. And that your Yuval Noah Hararis were the real intellectual juice behind all of the, 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 the grassroots protests there in, in Israel that had Bibi in their crosshairs. I can tell you that. So maybe there's some portion of the Israeli defense uh, uh, apparatus that is more amenable to the woke left's idea of the future of Israel. And maybe those individuals saw it advantageous to let this attack happen to make Bibi look bad. The same way that certain people were in charge of the security on January 6th, but somehow FBI agents and, and other individuals made their way into D.C. to eventually indict who? Donald J. Trump. I see the similarities. Now, it just so happens when the election was done there in, 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 in 2020, Bibi Netanyahu was the first world leader to call and congratulate Joe Biden. Oh, Sleepy Joe, you just got your ass handed to you in the exit of Afghanistan. And now you and the rest of the neoliberal, neocon establishment in D.C. are all in for a new war in the same region, and we're all supposed to be on board with no plan shared with the American people as to how we can possibly win. Only platitudes and pontifications about the moral duty to support Israel. Platitudes. Support Israel. They have the right to defend themselves. We must support. We must support. But how can we win? How can we win? Joe, Nikki Haley, Ben Shapiro. What's the plan to win? I said yesterday on the podcast, and yeah, look, I, I had a whole different plan for today's podcast. I wake up this morning to Ben Shapiro having talked some shit about Jason Whitlock for daring to go outside the narrative. And I'm not responsible for Jason Whitlock, but, but I'm a part of the intellectual brain trust over here at Fearless. And when you go after, and when you go after Jason, you kind of go after me, and I kind of like it. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I like the challenge because I think all you people are really full of shit, and I don't think you're that smart. I honestly don't. I honestly think you're smart for dumb people. And the people who are really smart, the people who really have intellectual juice, get carted off and boxed off as being as 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 trying to act smart for their own uh, a professional and and uh, you know political expediency, when it's the exact opposite, which is a kind of projection from the American people and and the American audience of what we're seeing in our political elites writ large. It's the exact opposite. The people who say they want to protect you now want to bring you into a war. They know they can't win. And the people who kept you out of wars, they want to call them dangerous extremists to democracy and freedom. Are you catching my drift yet? Are you seeing the game yet? Are you understanding? Please call me crazy yet. They want to take you into a war with four nuclear countries on the Eurasian landmass. Four countries that we send money to, that we help fund. We send money to China, they send money to North Korea. Now we have to fight over South Korea and Taiwan and Japan. Their DC elites send money to China, China gives money to Iran. Iran gives money to Hamas. They don't even deny it. They openly claim responsibility and tell you how the scam went down. Iran gave us the money. They funded us. They trained us. They give money to the Saudis. The Saudis do deals with Pakistan. Pakistan goes to war in North India, and our national interest is, is threatened yet again. Forefront war in Asia, and they want to call us the extremists. They want to call us a threat to democracy and freedom. They want to send your sons and daughters to another war in the Middle East that they have no strategic evidence or plan to win. Show me one leader. Show me one military expert that, 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 that has the balls, that has the stones to get up on the podium before the American people and tell us how we can win this war against Iran. What's the operational status there in Iraq? Well, what's the status there in Iraq? We, we, we haven't even dealt with that. What is currently going on there in Iraq? We got to cross Iraq in a ground war to get to Iran in the first place. So we're going to do bomb runs? Now, I'm not saying I got the answer. I don't have the answer but I'm smart enough to ask the right questions. It's like when you go see your doctor and they give you a prognosis. You may not know how to, how to, how to fix the situation. You may not know how, how, to, how to heal yourself or, or cure yourself or, 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 or operate on yourself. You may not know what the answer to the solution is, but you better damn sure ask some preliminary questions. You better be smart enough to be your, 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 your own biggest advocate in the room and ask some, some pretty some pretty sound, logical, basic questions before you go through with any procedure. Hey, doc. Hey, doc, what are my chances? What are the percentages? Hey, doc, what are my options? When people 
When people who claim to want your prosperity and well-being, who claim to be your leaders, who claim to be competent, who claim to be intelligent, come together unanimously to take you into a violent, a violent situation without telling you your options, you should have some questions. You should ask for some proof. That doesn't make you anti-Semitic. That doesn't make you anti-Israel or pro-Palestine or pro-Hamas or pro-terrorism or pro-Islam. That makes you pro-you. And in this particular situation, it makes you pro-America. And even furthermore, it makes you pro-freedom all around the world because a broken, compromised, a broken, compromised America means something to the entire world. A broken, compromised, imploded America would mean trouble for the entire world. And they all know it. They all know it. They all know that America can't sustain this type of effort. That there's no real plan to win or to, to, to victory. And if it's a moral victory, if we're if we're walking to the if we're if we're gonna march towards the gallows, if we're gonna march towards the gallows, let's be sure that we didn't fund the march, that we didn't fund the cause of the march. The anti-American sentiment, the anti-colonial sentiment being used all around the Eurasian landmass from, 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 from Africa all the way to, to, to Moscow and beyond, to Beijing, all around the, 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 the Afro-Eurasian landmass to become the, the calling card, to become the rally point to fight and defeat the West. And we're supposed to uphold this, this, this scam, this, this Ponzi scheme, this house of cards. We're supposed to hold these smoke and mirrors for who? For the Europeans. And that's what it is, Ben. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me it's not true. Whose national interest is really there on the Eurasian landmass? It's not America's. It's Europe's. And Europe stuck their thumb in the eye of the Middle East, of the people who they had dominion over a long, long time ago, and they intentionally, they intentionally wedged Israel in there as a way, as an outpost, as a means to always have a revolving door to justify war in the region, whether it was about oil or sometimes just about cultural dominance, because we know the British and the Crown like to do that shit. This is their deal. This is Europe's deal. Let them fight the war. Let their sons and daughters fight the war. Let their taxes go to the war. Surely they have enough golden money to buy enough people's allegiance to fight a war. But the real threat, the real danger here is, the real unspoken distrust here is, nobody can be sure which side the Europeans are really on. 
because the Europeans, just like the Americans, just like the CCP, just like the people there in Russia, just like the people there in Saudi Arabia, just like the people there in Iran probably, all have their own internal discord. There's what you're shown. There's what's actually going on. And everywhere there's a leader, there's somebody, there's somebody laying in the weeds. There's somebody laying in the background waiting for one good opportunity to strike at the grasp of power. And they'll use whatever means they need. This was World War II. This was post-World War I and the Germans being made to pay reparations for World War I and America agreeing to pay those reparations alongside with Europe agreeing to pay those reparations to profit off of Germany's rebuilt economy the same way we're trying to do there in the Ukraine now. And when America's economy went bust before, when we were war profiteering before, post-World War I, the Germans are made to pay reparations. We agree to pay the reparations along with our European allies, our other European allies. And then our own economy goes bust. And what happens to the German economy? The German economy goes bust. And America calls in the loans. And, and Adolf Hitler uses that. He uses that narrative to stoke hatred towards the Jewish people. You know the history, Ben. I don't have to tell you the history about your own people, or maybe I do. Maybe it's a history you've forgotten and all the cultural wedge issues you go viral and make money off of. You remember this is how rhetoric and history is really used and weaponized against particular groups of people? Adolf Hitler rallied the Nazi party on the premise that the bank loans the loans and reparations that were promised from the West went belly up, and then America called in the loans and basically destroyed the German economy. And it did destroy the German economy, and they had their own Great Depression. And, in the, and from the ashes rose the boogeyman that all of you have built this globalist agenda on top of. It was of your own doing, your own economic predatory practice. You all that participate, and it's not the Jews. This ain't an anti-Semitic trope. It's all of you a little bit. It's you grandstanding black bourgeoisie. It's you NBA athletes. It's you people there in China. It's the Saudis. When it, when it, when it benefits Iran, it's Iran. When it benefits Russia, it's Russia. Everybody wants to get their beak wet. Nobody really has no profound moral compass, and that's the leadership that we've accepted. And we want to live with that. We, we the people, have chosen to live within that paradigm because it's easy, because it's convenient, because these leaders are smart enough to offer us safety, security, and radical materialism. They're willing to offer us the best hide that money can buy and security, so we're willing to play party to this scam. It's a scam. Hamas and the Palestinians don't like their part of the scam. 
people in the African Union, they don't like their part of the scam. They don't like their cut of the pie. People there in Tehran, they don't like their cut of the pie. The CCP doesn't like their cut of the pie. This whole deal is that globalism worked for America and the Europeans. And the CCP and the Chinese, they have an entirely different view of how the pie should be split. Because their idea is, if we're going to do radical materialism, we're going to make everything about price. Nobody's better at that than we are. Because we're willing to go to a level of totalitarianism and authoritarianism to enslave our people to ensure that the CCP economic machine is pumping so efficiently that you all can't compete. In fact, we're going to ship you the very thing that you need most. And that is where your weakness is. Your weakness isn't there in Israel. Your weakness is, your weakness is, in, is, is, is right there in New York City. Your weakness is right there in your living room in New York City. When you can't stop getting high, you can't stop watching Kim Kardashian, and you can't stop needing the police to come and keep you safe. That's where your weakness is, and China's going to exploit it. And they'll use Iran, and they'll use Russia, and they'll use North Korea, and they'll use Pakistan or the Taliban or ISIS or Hamas or whoever the fuck they need to use to bring the hammer down on you European Atlantises until you wake up and see your weaknesses. Let the, sm- let, let the, let the insignificant, irrelevant, young black man from the blue-collar community here in St. Paul tell you motherfuckers what's really going on here? Or is it that you already know? Is it that maybe you've already signed the deal? You've already, you've already stabbed us all in the back. You've already betrayed us all. You've already sold us out. Because you started something that you couldn't finish. You bit off something that you couldn't chew and swallow. And that is once you open Pandora's box to radical materialism, once you open Pandora's box where where citizens are dependent on government and their freedoms and their rights are not in their own hands, once you open that box, it cannot be closed. So instead of coming to the people of the West, instead of coming to the people here in America, coming clean, mea culpa, we did this, we misled you, You're going to ride it out all the way to the end. You're going to ride it out all the way to the finish line. You're going to ride it out all the way to your grave. And you want to take us with you? We're not going. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben and Jordan Peterson and everybody is sorry. You all talk about how smart you are, how much common sense and logic you have, how much, you know, how much uh, uh, maturity, how much perspective. You all tout your, your ability to think and your ability to see the truth and so on and so forth. Wake the fuck up and smell the truth on this one. We're not going to fight another war that we know we can't win and sending our sons and daughters and sending our money into a place that has become a, 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 a mosh pit, has become a cesspool of our own mistakes. It's not self-loathing. It's a reality check. It's not pro-Hamas. Fuck Hamas. See, I can say it. I'm not scared of them. 
I'm not scared of the Muslims here in Minneapolis. They like me. I'm dealing in earnest. I'm dealing with the truth. Fuck you. Fuck you. You want to attack. You guys are going to attack just a, just an indiscriminate attack on innocent Jews all over the world. Oh, fuck you people. Oh, oh fuck off. Fuck right off. And that's and that's some righteous. That's some righteous. Uh, you know, that's some righteous rebellion. And you Black Lives Matter goofballs are supporting it. As if as if Hamas is the, the shining beacon of, of rebellion in the world. Meanwhile, y'all are still subscribed to the NBA League Pass. Go fuck yourself. You're sending the Chinese money that send Iran money that eventually send Hamas money. And these are the same people that were saying Kyrie Irving was anti-Semitic. I mean, the American public doesn't even know which way is up. They're brainwashed so well by the CIA, they're holding 10 different opinions all in contradiction of each other at the same time. They don't know which way is fucking up. But, Ben, you do know. You know very well. And the people who are around you there at the Daily Wire, you can do all of your religious little uh, content series or whatever the fuck you want to. Not fooling me. Not fooling me. If you want to nuke Iran, just say it. If you want to go to an all-out nuclear war, just be a man and say it. Short of that, please feel free. Come to the table. Come on your nightly podcast and show us the path to victory there in Iran. And don't expect the American people to be blindly in support of some military conflict that there's no, no evidence we can win. My thoughts and prayers are with everybody there in Israel. All the common people. The common people who are affected. The people there in Palestine, the common people who are affected. The people there in the entire Middle East region who are affected. By this negligence, by this ignorance, by this crisis of leadership. The people here in in America who are constantly and continuously affected by the crisis at the southern border, our own crisis. We have our own war happening right here at home. One that the Biden administration seems wholly uninterested in, except for to save face for whatever, whatever broad political audience is loosely paying attention to the New York Times headlines. We have our own crisis here. We're fighting our own war. Ironically, one that's also being funded and helped by the CCP and, quite honestly, being funded and helped by our own American people. If you stopped doing the drugs, they'd stop being able to send them. Business would run dry, but we like getting high, so they like being able to get us high. My thoughts and prayers are to with everybody out there affected affected by the arrogance, by the ignorance, by the deceitful wickedness of our political leaders, of kings and kingmakers, 
and political pundits who want to tell you bullshit and pass it off as the truth. My thoughts and prayers are with you. Wake up, make a better choice. Wake up, make a better choice, say enough is enough. What's the answer? Starve the beast. Starve the Leviathan. People will come to peace. Wasn't it, wasn't it Henry Kissinger and the entire post-World War II Democratic liberal order that told us deterrence, deterrence, deterrence? Deterrence, that military, military uh, technological and scientific supremacy would create deterrence there on the world stage? Well, they want to tell you that deterrence is going to keep us from world war, but deterrence won't keep a burglar from coming in your home, stealing your shit, and potentially killing you or one of your family members. So you having a gun on your waist isn't a, isn't a viable deterrent of violence, of being a victim of violence, but military prowess is a viable deterrence from ideological extremists exacting vi- uh, violence upon people all over the world. Tell me how it makes sense. Please, somebody explain that logic. If military sophistication and supremacy is the deterrent for violence and war on the world stage, then why are those same people telling us we shouldn't have a gun in our own communities? Right here in Minnesota, you can't even defend your own home unless you have no choice. You have to flee your home if you're burglarized. Now, in the case of a person like myself who has children in the home, you don't have to flee your home and leave your loved ones. They at least left that, they at least left that concession. Which is kind of strange because also increasingly they're trying to encourage people or de-disincentivize people to not have children or family. Just you. Just you alone in your home. With no real, no real tangible relationship to anybody in your home. Just you all alone. And somebody breaks in your home. You don't have any right to defend yourself or your home in a place like Minnesota. in a place like Minneapolis. Military sophistication is supposed to be a deterrent on the world stage, but but armed, being armed is not a viable deterrent for you as an individual. Explain the logic. If I got 16 shots in my shotgun, Buckshot, buckshot, birdshot, birdshot, buckshot, birdshot. Sorry, it's the reverse. Birdshot, birdshot, buckshot, buckshot, birdshot, buckshot. If I have 12 bullets and I needed 14, that's a material, quantifiable, measurable number. Somebody tell me how many aircraft carriers we're going to need to win a world war on the Eurasian landmass. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio. Free People Radio. 
We appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. The fight continues. Godspeed.